and time to welcome Dr. Andrew Corbett to the airwaves this morning. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning, Cameron. Great to be with you. It's a it's a relatively nice day. A so rare far. sunny day, isn't it? Yeah, we've yeah. had a fair bit of rain here lately. I don't know if you've noticed. <laughs> Said oh, no, oh, no, I haven't. No, Andrew. Yeah, it's been. It's actually interesting because we at um, our church campus, we our our children's centre received uh, <laughs> some unwelcome guests, uh, being a little bit of uh, the flooding happening in our our building. And thanks to uh, Ed Vanderveld at uh, Northern Carpet Care, we've just yesterday managed to get all that sort and dried out. If it wasn't for Ed, we'd be in a, a literally in a right stink. Mm. So uh, WayFM station sponsor Northern Carpet Care came to our rescue yeah. uh, down there at Lagana. So we, but it's interesting. It, it, it sometimes we look at these really ugly negative things. You know, to walk into our children's facility and see it two inches underwater or yes. two inches of water in the building not too much <laughs> oh, underwater gosh. but um, you know you just, it's not pleasant but what it does or what it did for us was it, it, it caused us to realise th- this could happen again unless we took some preventative action in fact Cameron one of the things I want to talk about today is is more or less down this, this line of reasoning sometimes life does get messy and sometimes we we actually despair we don't know how Mm. to get out of it what i've noticed if i can just sort of launch straight into this what what i've noticed is that for some people they've never developed the skills to solve problems they've they've never developed those those qualities of resilience and problem solving that will enable them to deal with the inevitable problems of life now life will at times get very, very messy. And Cameron, I think we live in a almost a bailout generation. You know, what happened in America and even in Australia to some extent where corporations got themselves into a real bother and particularly in America, I, I think was, dare I say it and dare I comment on, a, on the American political landscape but i would say that was disgraceful the way that was handled and i know that there are people that say the american government had to bail out the banks and all the rest of it and and uh, because people would have lost their jobs and, and the british government did the same thing with their banks but you know it actually sent a really i think a very dangerous message and and the message really became if you get yourself into a real bother the government will come and rescue you that the government will, will get you out of it. Now, of course, most of us were absolutely disgusted a year or so after the, the bank bailouts by both the, the British and the US government when these banks were paying their their executives multi-million dollar bonuses just a year or so after the bailout. And, you know, the average person would have looked at that and thought that there is something absolutely ridiculous about this situation and and sometimes Cameron this is a very hard lesson for parents to learn that that we as parents want to always rescue our children always bail our children out but sometimes you know a, a parent or parents need to let their children experience the pain of failure and I know that we're probably going to get emails and phone calls and things from people going how could you say something so horrible what kind of parent are you to think that 
children should experience the pain of failure. And Cameron, I'm just, I'm prepared to wear it. I'm prepared to have some of the flack because let me make my case. We live in a, a society now that is not rewarding merit. It's not rewarding yeah. effort. It's rewarding participation, even if your participation is exceptionally below par. <laughs> we, we, we are giving the person who finishes the race last because they're, well, lazy. And I'm not saying that every person who finishes a, a race last is lazy or inept. But, but, the, but the kid who's worked hard, the kid who finishes first, is told that, you know, you're no better than the kid who's finished last. And I just think this is absurd. This is not how the world works. And not only that, we're going to find that as we go into life, life is going to be, at times, phenomenally unfair. Yeah. Phenomenally. Yeah, yeah. You know, pe people are going to say things to you that are just downright not nice. And, mm. and you're, yeah. you're going to have to figure out how do you respond to that. Because if you have always had, you know, mummy or daddy there or, or some person there to rescue you and to bail you out of every situation and this is where uh, children I guess need to learn to stand on their own two feet and figure some things out experience the pain of setback and re rejection and failure and the consequences of making mistakes and learn from it and grow from it and this is why I say as we'll be talking this morning that sometimes you can get yourself into a mess, and I, and I want to yeah. look at how you can do that. If, you, if you're listening today and you woke up this morning thinking, gee, I'd like to get my life in a mess today. <laughs> well, I'm going to save oh, you a lot of effort, on. and I'm going give to you, give you a few tips, uh, uh, four general tips on how you can get your life into a mess. And then if you hang around after 9 o'clock, we're, we're going to talk about, well, this is how, if you're in a mess already and you didn't need those tips, but maybe you inadvertently were, were doing some of these things. Here's, here's some advice on how you can get your life out of a mess. And, and, and I want to address really four areas where I think we can, we can get our lives into a mess. I think we can get our lives into a mess relationally. I, I think that's, that's probably one of the biggest things we can, we can end up getting our lives you know, just a mess, you know, mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. breakdown, relationship breakdown, workplace breakdown, where it's just horrible. When we can get yourself into a mess there. Financially, Cameron, personal debt levels, if people go to andrewcorbett.blogspot.com, you'll, you'll see I've written an article on Australian personal debt level. Cameron, this is just bewildering now. How much debt... Each Australian, uh, on average, is carrying now. Mind you, it's not as bad as the United States, and and this mm. is, uh, the, I think, the trap mm. where we go, yeah, but our debt levels aren't as bad as someone else. And and I say that's a trap because that's utterly irrelevant. It's utterly irrelevant. Yes, it, it, it's not how much debt we we have. It, it's it's our ability to service that debt, and and Australians are heading into dangerous territory as we, we move past 25% of our weekly earnings going to debt repayment, heading up to 50% of weekly earnings going to service personal debt. So it would it, we're not even necessarily talking about mortgages. We're talking about credit cards, high purchases, car loans, and the like. 
and some people are going to find themselves in a real financial mess. I think we can get ourselves into a physical mess. I, I think yeah. we have a growing obesity problem in Australia, and we we need to recognise this is how you can get yourself in a real mess. Cameron, I spoke with somebody just a few weeks ago, uh, and I hadn't seen them for mm-hmm. three or four months. They lost 18 kilos. That's pretty in good. four months, 18 kilos. Yep. And I said to them, how do you feel? And they said, I, I didn't know I could feel this good. I, 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 I always woke up tired. I had trouble sleeping. I, 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 always, I was always hungry. Well, I thought I was always hungry. And then they, they just made one very simple change and they, they dropped 18 kilos. And, and they said, oh, I feel like going for a walk. I, I, I feel like I've got energy. I, I, I just never knew that I could feel this way. Now, so you can get yourself into a mess physically, and then you can get yourself into a mess morally. And I want to address each of those areas because I think they're the four really, really big areas where mm. people can get themselves into a mess. Cameron, how about we give something away? How about we give a YFM coffee mug away? Yes. We're going to go to our first song. And, and as we go to our song, we would love you to drink out, drink your morning tea or your morning coffee yes. out of a Way FM coffee mug. These are gorgeous coffee mugs. If you go to our Facebook page, you'll see our our charming Way FM princess there and you can see what your coffee mug will look like. So be be the first caller through 63340100 as we go to this song and we'll get a coffee mug to you somehow. And you can start enjoying YFM in your hand, Cameron. Indeed. There's nothing... In fact, the coffee takes be- tastes better in Apparently a YFM so. mug. Yes, we've been told that. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up shortly, uh, we've got, uh, I believe, uh, a song from Toby Mac, which echoes today's thoughts. It's Toby Mac with the encouraging motivational song, Get Back Up Again. I've got a uh, Facebook uh, quote here, uh, Dr. Andrew, that sort of goes in with what we're talking about in terms of uh, making a mess and then getting out of it. Faith, it does not make things easy, but it makes them possible. Well, at least. (laughs) Certainly certainly faith doesn't make things easy no, that's true no well Karen we can get our lives into a mess in these four broad areas and I've mentioned the the, the four areas and the first one relationally I think you know there, there's so much in life that we're told is important and that we should learn and yet when you think about it there is so little that is actually done to help us to become skilled in the areas that will deeply affect us for example relationships you know when i think of the the um the schooling education system you know we we learn to read and write which we should we learn certain facts which we should we we learn certain um you know disciplines of information which we should but there's 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 something completely missing from a child's education if we, if we as parents are fooled into thinking that school will teach our children everything they need to know because schools perhaps should, you know, perhaps we need to view schools as helping us as parents to educate our children. Now, I know that there could be parents out there who are really struggling. They... 
they're just you know oh man I, I come home I'm tired I'm a single parent I, I I've been abandoned by my partner uh, I've got one two three four five six children look this is hard you're telling me I've got to put in extra effort in teaching and training my children above and beyond what the school is doing well I'm, I'm actually going to suggest that that you're not necessarily directly responsible but you are ultimately responsible and if you don't know how to meet some of these gaps some of the gaps in your child's education there are there are places that can help in fact i was talking with uh, emmy hofsink on uh, friday night who works for city mission and runs Mm. an educational uh, division of city mission and i'm sure that that our friends at station sponsor city mission will be able to help parents who are in this situation who are struggling that we also have other uh, referees that we can we can refer people to who can help children and and generally these are these are provided at no cost so we, we could refer uh, parents to various church youth groups and there are many youth groups that run uh, life skills programs and relationships is is one of the main life skills it's it's the the life skills of learning how to learning how to do relationships. Now, how do you get your life into a mess relationally? Well, Cameron, if if I asked people, tell me what what you've learnt about how you forgive when you're offended. Chances are they're gonna they're gonna hesitate. They're gonna pause. They're gonna look at us and go, "Sorry, I'm I'm not following." What what do you, what do you mean? How I've learnt to forgive when I've been offended. And and I would have to explain, well, you will be offended. In fact, you probably have been offended. Of course, if you harbour that offence, it's called bitterness. And if you continue to be bitter, it, it someone put it this way, bitterness is, is like drinking a cup of poison and expecting the person you're bitter toward to die. It, it's, it's just, it doesn't do anything to the other person, but it does a lot of damage to you. This is why I say, if you want to get your life into a mess, relationally, harbour offence, hold on to it, mull over it, rehearse it, tell people about it, just always have it there like a scab that you're picking at, mm. keep it, keep that pain there, and, and, and if the pain dies down a bit, just, just jab yourself, and remember the, the offence and the hurt and the betrayal and the broken trust, and keep rehearsing that pain and hurt and and the futility of it is as i said it's bitterness is like drinking a cup of poison and expecting the other person to suffer from it or to die from it it just doesn't happen and so we we need to recognize that that you can get your life into a relational mess when you harbor unforgiveness when you hold on to unforgiveness when you develop bitterness that's that's how you can do it so relationally you can get yourself into a mess here's a second thing you can do if you want to get your life into a mess relationally and that is put your trust in people without really knowing them put your trust in people open up confide to someone without taking the time to get to know them this is almost a sure-fire guaranteed way to get yourself into a mess relationally. Mm. And this is why, Cameron, I think that there are, we're in a society now where relationships are 
fundamentally uh, dysfunctional. We we have we we had this totally skewed idea of what intimacy looks like. We think intimacy, according to you know the 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 latest stuff out of Hollywood and the latest stuff on our TV screens, looks like you, you meet someone, your lust takes its fulfillment in a one night stand or whatever and in the next morning they're gone you're gone and you move on and and apparently that's really really enjoying uh, uh, you know and you enjoy that and, uh, and apparently it's very very fulfilling Cameron the reality is that is one of the things that will guarantee absolutely guarantee either a man or a woman intimacy bankruptcy because you cannot develop the kind of intimacy with another human being that you are created and designed to enjoy if that's how you treat relationships. If you treat relationships where you are giving yourself over to someone without taking the time for them to deserve your intimacy with them, then you are going to get your life into a mess. Now, I'm sure that there are young girls right now who probably don't really understand what I'm saying. They, they don't get that, that there'll be some, some guy who'll come along and say the right things, do the right things, and you'll think that if you give yourself to him really quickly and easily, then he'll love you and you'll develop the intimacy uh, as a result of that. And I'll, I'll tell you, it is exactly the other way around. Genuine intimacy only comes from doing the hard yards of, of getting to know someone, learning to trust them, having conflicts resolved, sorting these things through, learning that other person's secrets. I mean, if you think about it, two people who are genuinely intimate have exchanged their deepest secrets with the other person. No one knows my deepest secrets except my wife no one and quite possibly she doesn't know them all and quite possibly I don't know all hers yet either because we haven't been married that long we've only been married 25 years so we're still getting to know each other so intimacy takes time and I've just said you know I've been married 25 years into our 26th year now and I'm still getting to know my wife and there are some people who who just completely ignore the process. So if you want to mess yourself up relationally, trust someone, disclose yourself to someone way too quickly. I guarantee you, Cameron, it'll it'll mess you up. It'll mess up your life relationally. So uh, what about physically? Just before we go to the news, how can you mess your life up physically? Cameron, if, if you were to go back 15 years, you know, go back 15 years, what would you do physically differently 15 years ago? Not eat so much. And? Um, Exercise more. And it's about that complex, isn't it? Yeah. It is about that complex. The person that I mentioned who had dropped 18 kilos in four months, I, I asked him, his name's Phil, I said, Phil, how did you do that? And he said... Andrew, I, I, all I did was if I was at, at a function and I'd have, you know, two pieces of cake, I just started to have one piece of cake. If I was at an afternoon tea somewhere and there, and there was four little 
you know, there was if I'd normally have four little triangle sandwiches, I just started having three triangle sandwiches. I just I just started eating a little bit less and he said it's it's as simple as that. And he said as a result of that I felt like I had more energy. So I just started to go for a walk. And that was he said I haven't I haven't I don't I haven't run, I don't go swimming, I haven't gone to the gym, I haven't done any of that. All I did was I just ate a little bit less and I just did a little bit more, just a little bit more exercise. Yeah. And the difference that that made was was staggering. Uh, we, we've got someone in our church. Um, um, I, I think, I'll, I'll, for the sake of confidentiality, I'll just although she's publicly shared this, but uh, she said she she cut out sugar, just cut out sugar. Um, so that that includes chocolate and all the other things that that mm. sugar is in. And as a result, she's dropped um, a bucket load of kilos and you can get yourself in a real mess when you confuse food as being a comfort rather than being yes. fuel. Yeah, yeah. Food is fuel. That. In other words, every time you eat, you should think, okay, I've, I've put fuel in the tank. How am I going to burn this off? That kind of thinking is, is missing when people get themselves into a mess physically. So, Cameron, let's come back after the news and we'll just – Continue to unpack how you can get yourself into a mess, and then we're going to get a, come down the home stretch. How you can get yourself out of a mess. You're on Launceston's YFM. It's now nine o'clock as we bring you the latest UCB news. Well, I tell you what, it's good to hear that the women uh, are doing well and the Ashes in the cricket. Uh, we're so uh, concerned about how well or badly the Australian men are playing, but uh, good to hear that it's a good contest in the in the women's Ashes. So well done there to our team. Weather for Launceston today, a mostly sunny morning with morning frost. Yes, there was a big heavy frost this morning. Isolated showers during this afternoon, becoming widespread in the evening. Winds north to northwesterly and light, increasing to 15 to 25 kilometres an hour in the middle of the the day with a top of 11 degrees. Shower on two increasing tomorrow 4 to 12. Morning shower or two for Friday 3 to 14 and partly cloudy but fine on Saturday 3 to 17 degrees. The current temperature zero. Very cold start that is for sure. We're in the company again with Dr. Andrew Corbett for our Wednesday morning discussion and uh, today talking about how to get ourselves into a mess and then get ourselves out of it again. Okay, the last one, how to get yourself into a mess. So we've talked about how to get yourself into a mess in these these big key areas, relationships, how you can do that, be offensive, take offence, harbour bitterness and hold on to unforgiveness. Um and we've we've seen financially how to get into a mess. And uh, thank you, David uh, Wood, who's just uh, written on the Facebook wall in response to the, the program this morning that uh, he's pointed out that actually wages have gone up. Let's, let's see what he said. He, in the last 12 months, wages have gone up on average 3%. The price of petrol has gone down about 2%. And food and the CPI index has only gone up 1%. And yet Australia's are worse off financially and he said he says that uh, some economists are saying this is because we can show that Australians are actually, even though uh, the cost of living has marginally gone down and wages have gone up, Australians are actually developing poor spending habits. They're actually spending more than they earn. And yep, well, well done. If you want to get yourself into a mess financially, that's how you do it. You just spend more than you earn. You do it consistently. You you um, you don't exercise restraint, and uh, that'll do it <laughs> right there. 
So, and then uh, physically, how to get yourself into a mess physically. Uh, Karen, you would know that when you get into a downward spiral, it, it's exactly that. It's, it's a spiral, you know. You, you, need, you need energy is, yes. to exercise because you haven't got the energy. You, the, the way you get from exercise and the way you get energy is to eat. Yes. You eat, therefore you don't feel like doing physical exercise. No. And because you don't feel like doing physical exercise, your body needs energy, you eat, and the spiral goes on. And mm. so if you want to get yourself into a mess, eat loads of carbohydrates, eat you know, loads of um, sugary, uh, foods. Uh, sugary foods, bread. And, of course, sugary foods is in, like, not just raw sugar. It's like things like wheat. Uh, wheat is yeah. essentially your body almost instantly converts that to sugar when, when you eat that. And so things like wheat bix and bread is just going to be like your might as well just open up your mouth and pour a kilo of sugar in. And, of course, do, just don't do any exercise. So uh, these are things that physically will get you down. Also, things like e eating, not, not just the obesity side of it, but eating poorly without body physical hygiene as well. So without proper dental hygiene, without... Uh, other kinds of hygiene can get yourself in a real mess. You know, don't dry your feet real well. You let, oh man, tennis players will tell you what that looks like, you know, because they're, they're almost forced to be out on a tennis court sometimes for hours and hours and hours. Sweaty, hot, grinding, calloused feet. I've got to tell you, tennis players have some of the worst feet in the world. It's yeah. a shocker. But, and, that, and that's not good, ultimately good for you. And, uh, th these are some of the ways that you can you can get yourself into a mess uh, physically as well. And here's the last one, morally. Here's how to get yourself into a mess morally. Begin to kid yourself that what is gen genuinely and, and generally considered wrong is not wrong for you. I, Cameron, I just, I could, we could do a whole program about this one where <clears throat> the idea that people can develop their own moral code is i think one of the greatest myths of nearly all time that that people have this uh ab ability to be to be able to say well look it's wrong for most people but it's not wrong for me and th this is this is utterly um utterly surefire way to get yourself into a mess morally now there're going to be some people that here me even say that and say oh here we go here's a pastor a preacher a minister of religion on his high horse waving and wagging his big bony finger at you know um all in sundry who does he think he is well i want you to carefully consider that sentiment <laughs> that is a moral sentiment <laughs> in other words <laughs> in order for someone to come to that position they've actually got to do the very thing they're saying shouldn't be done and upon closer, if you listen close, more closely, you're going to realize it's not actually what I'm doing. I, Cameron, I've been in the business of helping people pastorally for, for nearly 25 years. In fact, uh, just after I got married, I was involved in pastoral ministry. In fact, before I got married, I was involved in unpaid pastoral ministry. And I'm, my day-to-day my -day life is, is in the business of helping people who've got themselves into these kinds of messes. How do you get yourself into a moral mess? You kid yourself that the moral consequences of doing wrong will not affect you. They affect others. They always affect others, but they won't affect you. 
That's how you can get yourself into a real mess morally. Okay, for those people who are going, well, hang on, how can you say that certain things are morally wrong for everybody? I mean, surely we all determine for ourselves what's right or wrong. Cameron, I think this is the mantra of the age. I think there are so many people who just don't even question that. They don't even challenge it. But I'm going to. I'm going to sort of be the salmon swimming upstream here. I'm going to be the little boy pointing at the naked king saying he hasn't got any clothes on. Because I think we all intuitively know that there are certain things that are wrong irregardless of the person doing it thinks it's right. In fact, it's not that hard to go back in 20th century history, around about the middle of the 20th century, to find that there was one particular man who claimed that it was right to be incredibly cruel to a certain segment of the human race, and he utterly believed it. Now, question, did that justify his treatment of them? Absolutely not. Did it mean that what he was doing wasn't wrong? Absolutely not. In fact, after the Second World War, there were the war crime tribunal, the war war crime trials held in Nuremberg in Germany. And of course, they, they had the predicament. These people that they're trying for war crimes were actually obeying the laws of their land. They were actually obeying the laws of their country. What On what basis could they convict them of wrongdoing? And they, they won the case. They were able to convict these people because they convicted them of, of breaches of the moral law. Breaches of the moral law. And the judge saw the logic of it. The judge said, yeah, there is a moral law that's not written on any, doesn't have to be written on any statute books. It doesn't have to be enshrined in any national legislation. It's a moral law that every human being is bound by. It's, it's common to all people. You know, in the British system, we call it common law. It's, it's logical. Now, how do we know, Cameron, what is right and what is wrong morally? Well, there's a very, very, very simple test. If something is wrong morally, it is going to harm someone. So, for example, how do we know murder is wrong? Well, it harms someone. Mm. How do we know stealing is wrong? Well, it harms someone because it, it deprives them of what is rightfully theirs. How do we know that sexual promiscuity is wrong? Because it harms everybody who engages in it. Now, it's at this point that people go, oh, no, it doesn't. People are just having fun. Cameron, I'm the one, I'm one of the ones who deal with people in, in essentially the, the, the privacy of my, my counselling offices where I'm, I'm dealing with people who will say, I'm utterly miserable. This, this lifestyle has sucked me in. I'm... I'm completely unfulfilled, I, I'm utterly miserable, and yet on the outside, Cameron, they look like they're the life of the party. Yeah. And I've got to tell you, there, there are so many people in this situation that it just, it, it kind of gives me, firstly, gives me the confidence that we, we, we can, um, we, we can be quite confident that people who who claim that they're not bound by a moral code, they know intuitively, instinctively, they know they are. All people are. So how do you get yourself into a, a mess morally? 
you assume that your wrongdoing is not wrong for you. There actually is a word for this. It's called moral relativism. It's one of the greatest deceptions of the modern era that people can somehow be feel that they are exempt from the general moral code and it results in harm it results in harm now i've heard people say my promiscuity doesn't harm anyone no one's harmed by it i've heard other people say how can you tell us what we're doing is wrong when we're not hurting anybody and i i, I would just point out to those people before we go to song cameron i just point out that their understanding of harm and hurt is weak, very weak, because sometimes the harm, the hurt that is felt is not immediate. It's not immediate, but it will be felt. And I could tell you the story of, um, and I'm, I'm trying to be very sensitive here, because moral damage really does hurt, and it's, it's even painful for some people to hear about it. But there are many women who've been told that the life within them is just a part of their body and they could expel it and just get on with their life. And yet there's a moral code that intuitively tells people that th there's something else here to this story. And years later, there is, there is an associated guilt and pain that comes, and, and some people say the guilt results because of social stigma but Cameron most women who do this 80 plus percent never tell anyone and yet they're racked by guilt and it's nothing to do with social stigma in other words the moral code the moral law has a way of interacting with every human being even though others don't have any social input into them at all Cameron let's come back after this song because that all might sound jish man you, you boy if imagine someone who got themselves into a relationship mess a financial mess a physical mess and a moral mess and Cameron there are people who who have messed up in all they've lined up all their ducks well if we just leave it there and close the program we haven't done our job we're going to come back after this song and I want to give three or four very practical tips on how you can begin to get your life out of the mess it might be in. That sounds really good. Sounds like a plan. We'll be back with that shortly on YFM. But right now, here's Stacey Arico. This is Bounce, this is Bounce Back. It's Bounce Back from Stacey Arico. I love those songs, uh, like the Backstreet songs, uh, I Get Knocked Down But I Get Up Again. But I really have to motivate us to uh, get into the swing of things and know that we can accomplish uh, the... Uh, and get over those times that uh, perhaps knock us down. It's uh, 9.21, and we're talking now with Dr. Andrew Corbett about um, how to get yourself out of your mess. Okay, Karen, this is... I, I think it's uh, it's going to sound like a bit of a news flush, I think, for some people, because we, we live in a, a culture and a, a society that doesn't really foster what I would call problem-solving. We... We have the the situation where people get into problems, and I mentioned at the, the, the top of the show that generally we, we live in a culture that, that is now a bailout culture. We, we have people who get bailed out of whatever predicament they find themselves in. And 
this this is a part actually it's a part of the problem it's a part of the problem for people who find themselves in a mess because oftentimes they're looking for someone to come and bail them out now i just want to point out that isn't it interesting that intuitively in most human beings there is this this longing and this craving for a rescuer Think about the movies we really enjoy, the movies where there's a, a, a very obvious hero. We love those movies, you know, the, the old yes. action movies where there's the hero. Um, some of my favorite movies are, are superhero movies. I mean, I'm yeah. um, you know, not so big a fan on the latest Superman, although, you know, technically what they did was brilliant, easily the best. Oh, I love Batman. He's a superhero, isn't Batman. he? Batman. Look, so there's there's, yes. there's there's this deep, deep craving in the yeah. story of every human being for a hero. I just want people to ponder that for a moment because I don't think that's an accident and I don't think that is coincidental. I, I think we're yeah. designed by a creator who is ultimately our hero, our rescuer, the one who redeems us. Okay, so that that's just a thought. All right, here's here's the first thing. If people find themselves in a mess, the 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 part of the first step out is is a change in the way they think because there is a thinking associated with being in a mess and it and it's a dangerous, very very dangerous um pattern of thought. And it goes like this. I've messed my life up. It can't get any worse now. Doesn't matter what I do, I might as well just keep living in the mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that is toxic thinking. And I want to say to those listening, and I'm very, very sensitive to this, that there are people who may be listening right now and their lives are in a mess. Either financially, they're in way above their head, their debt level has got the best of them, their their physical condition has got way beyond them relationally things have broken down on nearly every front and morally they've crossed lines that they they know now they they probably shouldn't have crossed okay this is the the first thing is to recognize that there there is a way out i said it's it's a change in the way you think because a lot of people will think it can't get any worse. I, I might as well. You know, I've, I've messed up now. I might as well just keep messing up. The first thing that's got to change is is that thinking. No, there's always a way out. You are. You, you may have. Here's an expression. You may have run a million miles from home, but you're only one step away from coming back. Hmm. Get that, Karen. You may have run a million miles from home. But you're only one step from coming back. Yeah. Now that 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 point is that 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 step is not a step in the same direction that you've just run the previous million. That step is a step back. It's a step back. Now you may not know what to do to get yourself out of a mess, but I want to I want to tell you as in as general principles as I can. The first thing you do is you take a step back. You step back. In first aid terms, it, it used to be called Dr. ABC. I think there's another 
letter in there somewhere now. But Dr. ABC, D is for danger. You assess the danger in, in a patient who is um, you know, in a critical situation so that you remove the danger. Well, if you're in a mess, stop doing the thing that's creating the mess. Hmm. Stop doing the thing that's creating the mess. And that might simply look like one small step back. The journey, what do they say? The journey of 5,000 miles begins with the first step. Your journey out of the mess begins with the first step. The other, the other thing to here, Karen, is it may not have taken you long to get into the mess. For example, the businessman that goes on a trip and uh, is away from his family for a couple of nights and succumbs to temptation and crosses a moral line that he shouldn't have crossed and breaks his marriage vows, that may have only taken half an hour, yeah. 30 minutes. Cameron, the, the equation that the crime equals time is just a complete misnomer. The crime does not equal time. It's, like, it's why we don't punish someone for the crime the time it took them to commit the crime. For example, someone commits murder, it, if they use a gun, it might only take 10 seconds. Well, the, the, um, the, the punishment for that is, is not 10 seconds in jail. In other words, the, the mess you got yourself into may not have taken very long to actually get into. It may have just been a, a, a rash act. And here's what you need to face up to. Getting yourself out may take a lot of time. It may take a lot. It may take years. In fact, if you've broken a relationship, if, if what you have done has harmed a relationship, it may take you literally years hmm. to get out of. Hmm. All right. Thirdly, there are some messes, some situations that you will get yourself into that I'll tell you right now are way beyond you, way beyond you, and you will need help. And I'm going to give you what I consider to be some of the most practical advice in this regard, because if you've crossed a line morally, you, you may have that as a secret. No one else may know about it, but you do. You know there's an inner ache now in your soul that, that longs to be free of this burden of guilt. I want to tell you that there is help available. In fact, you can get that help right now. And it begins with a prayer. And you might think, well, I don't know how to pray. Well, I'm going to help you to pray. You simply ask God to forgive you and to help you out of this mess. It's as simple as that. Get alone, get quiet, and just talk to God. Cry out to God. Remember, you're not directing God. You're submitting to God. You're asking God to forgive you, and you're asking God to help you navigate out of this mess. Now, there might be people that go, well, I don't even believe there is a God. Well, then what have you got to lose? Yeah, exactly. What have you yep. got to lose? In fact, many times I've seen people take up this challenge only to have them come back to me and go, look, I can't believe what happened. I did what you said. I prayed this prayer asking God to help and forgive me and I, this extraordinary set of circumstances just happened. What a coincidence, hey? 
No. <laughs> uh, what you call a coincidence, I might call a God incident. If your life is in a mess, take the first step back. The first step is just a change of thinking. It's a thought process that says, my life does not have to continue in this direction. That's the first thing. Secondly, by taking a step back, you're actually taking a step, just a step. You won't solve the whole thing. And this is what I've I've discovered, that people, when they get themselves into a real mess, and, and it could literally be a mess. It could be that their house is just a mess, literally, and their car, their personal space is a mess. Sometimes they look at they look at the end of the, the journey, not the start of the journey. The start of the journey is to take a step. Mm. And then thirdly, Cameron, there, there are some messes that we get our lives into that will be way beyond us and we need help. And I'm saying that there is help available from God. And as we turn to God and ask him to forgive us and ask him to help us, You'll be amazed. You will be amazed at the at the turn that your life can take. Let me share a little story, then I'm done. There's a movie that's about to come out. It's called Jobs. Yep. It's about Steve Jobs, the the founder uh-huh. of Apple. He founded the company and uh, it went public. And strangely, he was actually um, shuffled out of his own company. He was he was um, booted out of his own company. The board sacked him. Well, for those that remember the history of Apple, Apple then struggled, although they thought they would you know, be able to take the company to new and dizzy heights without the founder, Steve Jobs. And while Apple you know, continued to do okay, the interesting thing is that Steve Jobs was convinced that they would very soon come to him, apologize, and reinstate him. Cameron, it didn't happen. What did happen was that Steve Jobs then had to very quickly come to terms with, well, what am I going to do now? Hmm. And, and, and anybody who appreciates Apple products knows that Steve Jobs was the driving force that, um, of his creativity, extremely creative, that enabled, uh, enables Apple products to stand out. Well, Steve Jobs took took that creativity and started a, a movie company. You know the name of the movie company? No. Pixar. Oh, okay. Pixar Animation. Oh, yeah, I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, Pixar Animation. Now, yeah. the interesting thing is that he, he started that company, funded that company. What many people may not be aware of is that that company was, while he founded it and drove it and sort of gave it direction, it was, it was largely... A group of Christians that that wanted to communicate gospel truths mm-hmm. with the world in a way that they didn't realise they were conveying these essential life teaching lessons. Very interesting. Yeah. Now Steve Jobs did phenomenally successful from Pixar, and the world is a better place because of the movies that the Pixar movie company made. And there was another couple of other business ventures that Steve Jobs did. Then eventually, the Apple board approached him about returning to the company, and he did, and Apple went through the roof. One of the first things that happened was the iPhone. You, yes. may, have, you may have heard of the iPhone, can uh, Yes. <laughs> I don't actually own one, but I know I know what it is. Yeah, what it the is. iPhone, the iPad, yes. the iMac, etc. Yeah, I so prefer words, CDs, to be honest. <laughs> in other words, what looked like a mess ended up becoming one of the most beneficial yeah. things that could have happened to yes. him. 
and eventually your mess may become your message. Your test may become your testimony. Your yeah. The adverse circumstances that you're facing, the, the mess that you're in, does not have to be where you'll stay. There is hope. Now, for those people who have an understanding of the Christian message, you understand that Jesus Christ died to get to, basically because of the mess all humans are in, you'll understand why he died, and you'll understand that there is hope. But for those people, and this is new information, can I just gently and and as in, in a genial fashion as I can suggest that maybe make contact with a local church and, and talk with someone about your situation. I guarantee you, you'll find a very listening ear from any of the pastors in this city. They are a great bunch and they will help. Cameron, I hope that we've made some kind of contribution to people's lives today about how to really get out of the mess that they may be in or help people out of the mess that they may be in. We'll be back next Wednesday to continue to talk about things that matter in life. I want to say thank you to our listeners. Right now, we're uh, really behind in our uh, our donation support. We we uh, could really use your help now. We we are totally listener supported. Uh, we we uh, you know are su- supported by the donations of listeners. The government actually restricts you. You may hear you know we we play station sponsorship, but the government actually restricts. They put caps on how much commercial sponsorship we can receive. So there's only so much that we can do with that, and we're deeply deeply grateful to our commercial sponsors but we do need the donation support of listeners if you're able to do that uh, p.o box 43 riverside or give us a call on 63340100 and we would love just love your support at this time it would really really help okay Cameron, i'll be back next wednesday thank you dr andrew corbett and uh, we'll hear him of course tomorrow night and uh, 8 34 finding truth matters music coming up mumford and sons jessica melboy and highland it's 9 36 on yfm on the right track